Welcome to City Life Church, and this is our podcast. This is Pastor Dave Diefendorf, and we are so honored to have you join us today. Our passion is to help you discover who God is, grow in the likeness of Jesus, and lead well in this generation. I hope in this message, God will meet you where you're at and take you to the next level in your connection with Him and His kingdom. Enjoy the message. We're going to continue on in our First John series today. And we've got a special guest speaker. He is a campus minister by day and a bingo caller by night. And it's going to be great. But before Burton comes up, does anyone need to clear their conscience a bit? Maybe you booed him Friday night. Yeah, I would be in that category as well. He wasn't calling the numbers that I was looking for. I was very close to a blackout. But I have extended forgiveness. And so now I am ready to hear from Burton. And it's going to be awesome. But seriously, Burton is on staff with Call to Greatness. Him and Natalie have been in Kansas City for the last few years just serving our city, serving our church, serving the campus. And you're going to learn a lot and hear a lot from God's word today. So come on up, Burton. Good morning. Not bad. Good morning. It's an honor to uh, continue our series through 1 John, as Michaela said. And, uh, you know, our theme for this series is walking with Jesus. And, you know, there's really two ways to walk with a loved one, right? There's, there's walking with a loved one hand in hand. And then there's walking with a loved one not holding hand in hand. And so to bring some light to this point, is I am a father of four. We have a family of six. And with four children, we are always on the move. We are always going from one destination to the next. And so with four little ones, we we hold their hands a lot. And when I'm holding my child's hand, I can protect them from harm. Uh, Especially at City Life, there's a lot of roads and a lot of cars. And so when we're walking, I can, I can share with them, you know, some truths. I can say, hey, you know, Caden, Calvin, see the car, see the sidewalk, make sure you stay on the sidewalk. I'm also taller, so I can see further, so I can kind of see the danger that's out in front, and I can tell them and help them and guide them in the direction that we're going to our destination. On the other hand, you can, again, walk with your kids For example, I do it all the time, unfortunately, not holding their hands, and they will run off and kind of do their own thing. Sometimes we'll be going on a walk, and they'll just walk the complete opposite direction. That is not the way to the playground. That is the way to the road. This is the way to the playground, right? Uh, When they don't hold my hand, I have to yell. I have to say, I have to shout. I have to say, stop, slow down, watch out. Sometimes they hear me, sometimes they don't. Uh, And then, you know, worst case scenario, there are those cars. And we have, you know, I got to yell in a moment, and there's just a quick decision that they got to hear my voice and act on it in the right amount of time. And to bring this even home, just last Sunday, our two youngest were racing to the car, and we parked on the other side of the street. And the rule is they have to stop at the corner, and as they were racing, Caden, in the nick of time, just made that complete stop as a car drove past. Too close for comfort. Today, 
you know, I wanted to share that story because I believe First John is really speaking to us about uh, walking with him and holding his hand as we walk with him. And then today's subtitle is Abide and Remain. To walk with Jesus, we have to abide and remain in him. The Greek word for abide is meno. It means to stay, to hang out, to remain in, to soak in. We must stay connected and remain with Jesus. If we are going to see, you know, we're going to see John use the word abide many, many times throughout this passage today. And he even used it in other sections of 1 John. You know, last week Dave did kick, kick us off in this series. He did a great job going through chapter 1, but also going through the context and giving us the backstory to what we are talking about this, this morning. If you weren't here last week, he talked about John being the youngest disciple who also ended up living longer than all the other disciples. He talked about that First John is uh, John's departing words to the church. It wasn't just one particular church that, or group of people he was speaking to, but he was talking to the global church. Uh, everything that is spoken in First John is not new information. It actually comes from the Gospel of John, chapters 13 through 17. So if you're in one of our life groups, you're like, oh, wait, that's the same passages we're going in our life groups. That's the point. We did that intentionally, right? So after a long introduction, let's dive into the Word, and uh, we're going to read 1 John 2, 7 through 29 this morning. Uh, but before I do that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just praise your name. Lord, what a wonderful time we had in worship this morning. Lord, I pray that there was a transaction of just sacrificial love, Lord, going both directions. God, I just pray that we would put our eyes on you. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us through 1 John. Lord, the, the author here just has so much for us. And, Lord, it could change our lives forever if we just apply it and let the seeds grow. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this day. Amen. All right, let's dig in. Verse 7, 1 John chapter 2. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. That can be related a little bit with walking with kids and not holding hands, right? Walking in darkness. See, the commandment here is to walk in the light. To walk in the light means that we got to keep Jesus' commands. It means that we must reflect him. It means that when people see us, they must see Jesus, right? Jesus spoke truth. He fought against injustices. He was the light to others, even all the outcasters. We, too, must be a light of truth. We, too, must be able to fight injustices. And we, too, must be a light to others. Verse 10 said, whoever loves his brother abides in the light. There's that word abide. We must stay, remain, and soak in the light. We need to hang out with Jesus long enough that we start acting and talking like Jesus. We got to be around him so much that we pick up his accent. 
You know what I'm talking about, right? If you ever go on a missions trip or you go down south or you go up north or you even just go to the Ozarks, right, you're going you're gonna to pick up some accents, right? Um, and, and, and that's good. That's part of their culture. Um, but you can't pick that accent up unless you're around them. And so everybody getting my point? All right, you got to be around Jesus. you got to abide in the light if you want to love your brother. In our life groups, we are going through the Gospel of John. And in John 15, uh, just last week, we read something that I think is a great definition, a great image to help us understand the word abide and what it means to abide in Christ. In John 15, 4 through 5, it says this, Abide in me, and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You cannot walk in freedom, you cannot walk in truth unless you are connected to the vine. If we, want to br- if we break off the vine or disconnect ourselves, we will always stay defeated. Jesus came to overcome the world. The darkness is passing, as we just read. Hatred comes from the darkness. See, the enemy, he wants to generate anger, hatred, and division. John is asking us for a moment just to evaluate ourselves. Ask yourself, do I have any hatred towards my brother? To answer that question, you got to kind of define what a brother is. Who is my brother? Well, your brother might be the person sitting next to you. It might be your siblings. It might be your child. It might be your parent. It could be a stranger. It could be a waitress. It could be your barber. If there's any ounce of hatred that's inside you, you might not be walking. You might not be as connected to Jesus as you think. If you want to avoid hating your brother, if you want to avoid living blinded in the darkness, you have to spend as much time with Jesus as you can. This is the reminder that John is giving us. If we, want to spend, if we spend time in his word, if we spend time praying and worshiping, we will watch God transform us. If we let the Holy Spirit reveal more to us about Jesus, Jesus can then do more through us and through others. And that's the, that's the coolest thing about this, this gospel and this good news is, you know, as God works in and through us, or in us, it's, it doesn't stop with us. It's that through part that is the fascinating part. That's the, that's the biggest reward. It's not about ourselves, but it's about others. And to, to bring this to a point, I want to share just a testimony of just kind of how I grew up in my relationship with my mom. Uh, but before, just a question for all of you, you know, how many of you lived a perfect childhood life? Lots of hands, I'm sure. How many of you had a perfect relationship with your parents? Yeah, yeah, I see you, right? I think we can all agree that there are lots of moments of disconnect between a child and a parent. And those times are really heightened maybe between the ages of 13 and 18, right? They're, they're you know, trying to figure their life out, try to figure out their identity, and there can be a lot of tension between a child and a mother or a father. My story is with my mother. I grew up uh, in a single-parent home, uh, and I had two half-siblings. Uh, we each had different dads. And to be honest, it was, it was a hard home to live in. Uh, I had to grow up quicker than all my peers. 
you know, when I, w- I was, I could remember just counting down the days until I was 18 so that I could move out. Uh, and I, was, I turned 18 uh, before I was graduating school, and so I was even debating, like, okay, right at the age, do I leave while I'm in school or do I wait until after school? Even though I loved my mom to death, there was just so much disconnect and hatred between the two of us. Uh, it was really hard for me to uh, forgive uh, just some of the experiences that I had to grow up around. Experiences like domestic violence, drugs, alcohol, sex, uh, anything from the world, you can name it. I grew up around it. Another thing about our family was we were probably poorer than just about everyone around me. I grew up in Johnson County, so that's really hard to say, but it was, it was, it was another world for me compared to everyone around me. And money was always the root of everything my, my mom was doing. You know, I, I learned in First Timothy that money is the root of evil, and I came to Christ at, in sixth grade, and so I'm trying to apply these truths, and I'm bringing them home, and I'm going to this home that is just a whole other message from the Bible, and it was just so, it was so hard and challenging. And so the, the hatred and the disconnect just continued as I grew up. I, I did move out when I graduated, and I got married when I was 18, and we went off to college, and I, we had our first child at 20. Uh, but this hatred and this disconnect just continued between me and my mom, and I began to withhold my love from her. And then as we had kids, I would withhold their love from my mom, and it was just this cycle of unforgiveness, destruction, and pain. And I, I didn't know how to overcome it, and I'm trying to walk in the light with God, and I feel like I'm doing a good job, but I just couldn't overcome the hill until one day I'm at a men's retreat, and one of the topics, one of the sessions was about forgiveness. And uh, the, our guest speaker at the time, or whoever spoke that, that day, was shared a story and a testimony, and immediately I knew I needed to call my mom and ask for forgiveness because of this grudge and, and this pain that was between us. And so I called her immediately, and I'm weeping, asking for forgiveness, and she's asking me for forgiveness. And, uh, you know, that, at that moment, our relationship changed. At that moment, God could do more in me and at the same time do more in my mom. Uh, my mom wasn't a Christian up to that point, but now I can say happily that, you know, she's doing her best job. She's walking with God the best she can, and she's out in our cities fighting for injustices in our school districts and in, in our government. And it's just she is a whole new person since we had that conversation. And that's the power, right? Jesus is the power. He can transform us. That is the good news. I got a, I got a quote here. You got to keep up with me. It says, God created the world for his son. He created the world through his son, reveals himself through the world by his son. He sustains the world through his son, redeems the world through his son, will judge the world through his son. The only way you can get to the Father is through his Son. Don't miss that. That is the vital message that John is trying to share to the church through 1 John. He's warning us that there's other gospels out there. There's other outlets of news. 
And, you know, it's, it's kind of surprising, like, man, who would try to share a gospel without Jesus being at the center of it, especially in the church? Well, it's those individuals who fall off the vine, who wither away, and they're not abiding in Christ. That is the point of this, this, this message. You know, going back to the context of 1 John, it was literally at this time John is speaking because there's these groups of people, churches popping up, sharing that you can get to heaven without Jesus. And he's like, we can't do that. you got to abide in the truth. And we see this throughout history, right? Even today, we see religions, we see the world, we see churches just popping up and wanting to teach a different gospel, a gospel full of lies, deceit, and manipulation, a fake gospel that is stuck in the darkness and blinded in truth, blinded to the truth. John is warning us to watch out for these type of teachers. Again, a gospel without Jesus is no gospel at all. Let's continue in our passage, verse 12. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. I love how John switches gears here, and he starts talking about children, men, and fathers. John is painting a picture for us of this cycle of life, and he's, he's relating it to the cycle of a spiritual life. As we begin to walk with Jesus, we start as infants, right? We start as children. Uh, and, and as it said here, children know the Father. They know who Jesus is. They know that they are saved. My two youngest kids, they're, they're amazing. They're so fun. Uh, but they are physically children. They are young kids. And they're spiritual children, too. And when I ask Calvin, I go, hey, Calvin, man, who died on the cross for your sins? And he goes, Jesus. Right? He just knows. He knows that he has this father who loves him so much. And But, you know, Jesus, the whole point of this passage is that, man, we cannot get stuck just at this infant stage, but that we have to grow. We have to mature. We have to become men, right? John is writing to young men because they have overcome the evil one. John says young men are strong, and the word of God abides in them. There's that word again, abide. Jesus wants to see victory in our lives. And with just a little seed of faith, a little mustard seed of faith, we can grow into a full, mature tree rooted in Jesus, and the vine dresser will make sure to cut off anything that is not of him. As we stay connected with Jesus, we will always be able to overcome old habits and sins. But again, we're not called just to stay as, as these young men stage. We are called to be parents. Fathers know Jesus inside and out, and it's interesting that in this passage, John says the same phrase twice for fathers. It says that fathers know him who is from the beginning. And he doesn't change the language. He just repeats it twice. You know, you get to a point in your spiritual walk with, with God that he's just always with you. When you start your day off, when you first wake up, he's with you. When you're in the shower, when you're eating breakfast, he's with you. When you're on your drive to work or to your next activity, he is with you. He's with you in the goods and he's with you in the bads. He's in with you in the and he's with you in the failures. 
Fathers know Jesus has overcome and have overcome the evil one because they abide in Jesus. They live a life with Jesus in such a way that he is present in every area. They just don't quote the word, but they are submitted to the word. When you become a parent, you find that you only have one passion, and that passion is Jesus. Fathers, parents, mothers also reproduce. They replicate, right? It's not just a life to yourself, but it's a life to train the next generation. It's a life to raise up new spiritual fathers and mothers. It's a time to make disciples. Ask yourself, are you growing and maturing in your walk with Jesus? Are you seeing victory over the evil one in different areas of your life? If not, what are you waiting for? Let's keep reading. Verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away, along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Remain in the Father, and the Father will be with you always. Don't break away from the truth. Stay connected to Jesus so that you don't fall back into the world. The world is darkness. The light, there is no light from the world. If anything is in you that is attracted to the world, it is not of the Father. Let this be another self-evaluating question. Ask yourself, is there any flesh desires, desires of your eyes, or any pride in your life? If so, repent and give it to God. Exchange them for kingdom truths, for kingdom desires. You cannot love the Father and the world at the same time. Literally, the, those two entities cannot contain the same space. John continues in verse 18, Children, it is in the last hour, and as you have heard, that Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been with us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain and that they are not with us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you have heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has made to us, eternal life. Such a great promise, this gift of eternal life when we put our trust and faith in Jesus alone. When we hear the word eternal life, we think about the future. We think about heaven after we die. But I believe there's another word that can partner really well with eternal life, and that word is infinite life. An infinite life is the here and the now. God wants to give that to us now. We have been anointed by the Holy Spirit, as John said in verse 20. We have re received a special calling, a special purpose to build and bring truth to this generation as we stand. 
God wants to partner with each one of us right now. Infinite has no limits or boundaries. If we abide in Jesus, we will see that we will have infinite patience, joy, peace. You can fill in the word. Jesus said that we would be, we would be able to do bigger and greater things than him. And that's because of this promise that he's given us. Let's keep reading. Verse 26. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you have received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as I taught you abide in him, and now little children abide in him, so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink from him in the shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. See, Adam and Eve, when they ate from the, the tree, they felt shame. They, sh- they felt defeat. And when God returned to the garden, they ran and hid in shame. Okay? If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there is no reason, there is no need to go run and hide in shame anymore. We are made righteous with him, and Jesus has redeemed us. Walk in that confidence. That is what John is trying to tell us. Walk and remain in this, in this confidence, okay? Do not let go, right? These, the, the people he's speaking to are starting to ask questions. They're starting to doubt themselves. They're seeing these other churches proclaim these, these different gospels, but God is just re, you know, affirming, stay and remain in me. You know the truth. You have the light. I am with you. Do not be persuaded or manipulated in new ideas or thoughts that are from the world or from anyone who is not inviting in me. I want to review these self-evaluating questions. This morning, ask yourself again, do I have any hatreds, hatred towards my brother? Do not let jealousy, pain, whatever it might be, do not let it stop you from growing with Christ. If you hold any hatred, if you hold any grudges, it will be a roadblock for you. Ask yourself this morning, is there any flesh desires, the desires of my eyes or any pride in my life? Is there anything in the world that is still rooted in myself that I need to let go and exchange it to God for something good. Ask yourself, are you growing and maturing in your walk with Jesus? Are you moving towards becoming a spiritual parent, a spiritual father, a mother? Think to yourself, man, have I been living as a child this whole time? This doesn't have a physical age wrapped around it, but God calls us to be spiritual parents. Let the word abide in you so that you can abide in the Son. Stop walking alone and start walking with Jesus, holding hands. Abide and remain strong. That is the message. Abide and remain strong in your faith and watch God use you in a way that you never thought was possible. Confess and repent and abide in the Son and receive the promise of eternal life and an infinite life. This morning we want to we want to practice this, practice this and put this forward. We're going to take communion this morning. 
Communion is a great way to connect with Jesus. It's an easy invite. And if you haven't taken communion here at City Life before, it's very easy. We'll make two lines down here in the middle. One or two at a time, you'll take the bread and the cup, and then you'll walk on the outside and return to your seat. And we ask that you just please hold the bread and the cup, and we'll take it together. As you sit with the bread in the cup, this is just a perfect time to talk to Jesus. If I could, if we can have the questions back up on the screen. These are just three great questions to start with in that discussion with God. Let there just be a moment right now that there is a transaction between you and the Father. There might be some things in you that you've been holding on to, like me, that grudge against my mom for years and years and years that's preventing you from going to that next next level. Maybe there's something in the world that you just can't let go of that right now God's saying, now's the time. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This might be the moment that you sit there and you ask yourself, ask God, Right before Jesus was going to be captured and crucified, he finds this moment that he's, he's eating a meal during Passover with the disciples. And it's at this meal that Jesus shares these instructions. He shares how to remember him, how to put 
their faith in him once he is gone. And the same instructions that he gave the disciples, he gives to us. So I'm just going to read straight from Matthew 26, 26 through 28. It says, now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body. Let's take the bread together. After that, he took a cup, and when he had given thanks to it, he said, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's take the cup. Please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, your unconditional love just overwhelms us. God, I pray right now that we would just hold nothing back, God. Lord, we are running after you. Lord, we hear your words in 1 John. We hear your command to stay in the light, to avoid the darkness. Lord, we hear that you want to call things out in our lives. You want to call out any hatred that's towards our brother. Lord, you want to call out any desires of the world. Lord, you want to call us out that this is not just a salvation thing, but that this is a personal relationship that continues to grow and mature. Lord, like a tree to full maturement, God. Lord, I just pray right now that, Lord, that we would just hear your voice. Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit, Lord, would just reveal more of you, more of your Son. God, do a work in us, Lord, not just for our own personal growth, but, Lord, that, so that others can be blessed by it. Lord, people are suffering. Lord, they are having a hard time because of the choices that we're making, God. Let your blessings overflow through us by us following you, being obedient to you, by chasing after you. Lord, we give you just all the praise and thanks for this day. Lord, there is nothing but you. Your son is the one. He is the only one that leads us to you. Lord, we proclaim that with confidence. And we will stand and confirm and abide in your son. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, everyone. Let God do something in you this week. God bless. Well, we hope this message has inspired you and challenged you to be the man or woman he's called you to be now and to see his kingdom grow in every area and arena of life. God is with you more than you know. For more information about our community here in Kansas City, please visit us online at citylifekc.org, and we'll see you next time on the 
Diversity Life Podcast.